You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Statz-Guerrera. He is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. What is up, RJ? Rob Statz-Guerrera, RSG, your actual initials. It's great to be with you. Great to see you. I have one question for you. What is your favorite Winter Olympic event and why? The closing ceremonies, because it means (laughs) it's over. Not an Olympics guy. I really did watch a lot of curling the other night, um, so I have a lot of questions. If anybody has some, um, like a, I don't know, like a PDF or something with the rules broken down, you, you could send it my way. My DMs are open on Twitter, so you know that would be helpful. That's all I'm saying. Or you could go to Google. Equally, you know, possible resource for you there. Just letting you letting you know that's out there for you instead of forcing someone to do a homework assignment. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Stats, do you want to do the read so we could start the show? Come on. I'm going to do the read. The SB Nation NFL show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. You like that? I do. I also like, and I'm very excited to start the show with this question for you. I know I started it already with a different question, but I'm in a mood. This is kind of a a gazpacho sort of look ahead. Would you say that for the listener? Yeah. So we- well, it's more of a jambalaya look ahead. Because- I honestly have never had jambalaya or gazpacho. I just am trying to make the reference. So yeah, see- it's a collection of random things. Right. That's more of a jambalaya. A gazpacho is just a cold soup, but it's it's like more uniform. I don't think you can have cold soup. BLG explained this to me the other day. Like it's not, it's not soup. Then you know, I'm not a fan of like diametrically opposing things like that. Like I don't like desserts that are hot. You know what I mean? Or or food that is cold. You know, like it should be it should be one way or or the highway. But anyway, um my question to you, stats, is did we not get the best possible Super Bowl uniform combination that we could have given the two teams involved? Do you know what they're wearing? Yeah, I know the Bengals are wearing black and white pants, and the Rams are wearing the white jersey with the is it the blue pants? The yellow, yellow pants. pants. Yellow yeah. pants, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a good this. good classic look and I actually think, I was thinking about this, I think we have to give the NFL a teeny bit of credit, and I don't want to do this, and I know we're about to not do this, but the Super Bowl logo this year has a a twinge of orange, you know what I'm talking about, the LVI, that really blends, I don't like how the stripe on the Bengals jerseys, their black jerseys, is orange, but it blends really well, it like bounces off of the stripe so nicely, but to that point... I'm, I've been saying, I'm sure you've been saying, because we have the same appreciation for things like this, that the NFL needs to go back to original Super Bowl logos for each one. This year kind of did. It's not the same like mock-up. Like, it's its own color and whatnot. It's still close to the others, but it's a little bit different. I'm, we're taking a step in the right direction, is my point. Man, you are throwing out bouquets left, right, and center. Like you said, we are not about to do that, because we have plenty to get to in today's show. 
There's still a ton to react to in terms of the Stephen Ross allegations and the lawsuit brought forward by Brian Flores. I know you're in the mood to drag a couple of people, so we're going to drag the Washington Commanders for their team name, their reveal, the whole thing, and the Jacksonville Jaguars just continue to Jacksonville Jaguar. So we're going to get to that as well. But let's start with the Brian Flores lawsuit and the whole Stephen Ross allegations. I thought that NFL University yesterday did an amazing job of breaking it down. But the thing with this story, RJ, is there are a billion different tentacles to get to. And it's like you almost can't touch on all of them if you want to have any sort of in-depth conversation about it. So I think there's a bunch of things that they didn't get a chance to touch on that we can touch on. First of all, who the hell wants to coach the Miami Dolphins right now? It's uh, a very good question. Um, and, and you hear all the time, even when, when there's an opening for a team that is just poorly run from a football standpoint, like football alone, you think like, man, who wants that? Who, who wants to fall on that grenade? But, but then the counter to that is always, well, there's only 32 of these jobs available, right? You know, there's, there's only 32. You never know when you're going to get another opportunity. Um, you look at Dan Quinn as an example. Is, is the stove going to be just as hot next year as it is right now? Are, are, are you going to be as, as in demand a year from now, two years from now? Like think about, you know, all the, the, coordinators just coordinators who we've said oh they're going to absolutely be a head coach at some point in the future Eric Bieniemy, obviously a, a different case there but Wink Martindale um, I mean lots of, of people who have kind of been in in the news every cycle and they're still not head coaches and so sometimes it just never happens sometimes it never materializes for you sometimes you're a coordinator forever like Dick LeBeau or something I realize he was also a head coach but um, I but, but when you factor in the the severity of what is happening there you know, I think about how, and ironically, uh, Brian Dable called Joe Judge to ask him about the Giants job and ask him about, you know, the culture, how things went, and I guess got the seal of approval or enough of a seal of approval and, and took the job. Um, to that point, if anybody calls Brian Flores about the Dolphins job, I can't imagine that he's giving any sort of glowing recommendation. It's I think it's really crazy. Like, uh, you know, I'm interested in this because Mike McDaniel, the 49ers offensive coordinator, has an interview scheduled with them uh, tomorrow. And you're interested in it because Kellen Moore is also interviewing for that job. He's got an interview with them. And I just to be clear, I, I hope Kellen gets the job. We're, we're, a, we're a different place. Well, yeah, you're, you're not a Kellen right? Moore fan. Right. But like I look at it as Mike McDaniel is Kyle Shanahan's offensive coordinator. Chances are. The 49ers are always going to have a pretty good offense with Kyle Shanahan. I feel like this is not Mike McDaniel's only shot to become a head coach. He's a very young coach. I just, why would you want to go to that organization? We don't even know, RJ, what kind of punishment could come down on this whole thing. Steven Ross could get stripped of his ownership. You don't know who's going to own the team. There could be draft pick punishment. We have no idea what the consequences of this thing are going to be. How could you take that job with all that stuff up in the air? You, I don't think you can, which is why, you know, like the Chargers job last year was so, you know, enticing because there was such a known quality of who Justin Herbert is and was. And mm -hmm. and that exists you know, for several teams this offseason. Again, this, this is a very different thing. But like, you know, Nathaniel Hackett taking the Broncos job, like, are you going to be able to lure Aaron Rodgers? Like th there is an if that that is predicated on. If you take the Texans job, like, are you going to have Deshaun Watson? Are you going to get compensation like in, in a positive way there? And so you're right. This this is 
unique in its own sense there. And so I don't know. I mean, aside like aside from the mountain that you just kind of crafted, all like at the end of all that, you still have to compete with Josh Allen twice a year, <laughs> and and Mac Jones twice. And if if you if you believe that to be um, you know a, a difficult challenge, and so it's I I I, I think I don't know if I th- it's different. It ranks very low in a very different way than the Jaguars job. Basically, I know Florida has no state income tax, but you don't want to go there right now if you're an NFL coach uh, in demand. It blows me away what's happening because I don't think people fully grasp like everything that's going on. This is like scandal bingo for the NFL. You've got oh, allegations dude. of racism. You've got allegations of game fixing, essentially. You, I mean, it is like this is a disaster for the NFL right now. And what I really want to know is because I thought we were sort of headed down this road with the Colin Kaepernick lawsuit. Like I was like, okay, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to find out some of like the nitty gritty stuff, how the sausage is made. Things are going to come to light in the course of this legal proceeding that never would have come to light before. And then bam, all of a sudden the NFL settled it and just disappears. Right. I don't, is that what's going to happen here? I, I'm interested to see that because I think more, if this goes the distance, more stuff is going to come out and it's going to be very damaging to the NFL. I don't see how, and, and I don't mean to measure the conviction of Colin Kaepernick and Brian Flores against one another. I think that they are, are both and were both, are both potentially still, uh, obviously still equally as passionate about the cause that they are representing and, and fighting for. And so that being said, I think, I think Flores has has a little bit more football room to stand on in his current moment than Colin Kaepernick did at that particular moment. I don't mean to relitigate the is Colin Kaepernick worthy to be an NFL starter discussion, but I mean you know as a 49ers fan, his at the time of his protest beginning, his better days were behind him as an NFL quarterback, and I, that's not to say he wasn't still functional or capable, but the the peak of who he had been was what four years behind him at the time of the protest. It was 2016, and so I mean. Pete Colin Kaepernick was 20, circa what, 2012, 2013, something like that. So Flores is coming off two back-to-back winning seasons. He's not, you know, again, just to measure the football at all, he's not in the same position that Hugh Jackson has been. Hugh Jackson has voiced a lot of support for Brian Flores. Hugh didn't have the the, the resume to, to work in his favor the way Brian Flores does. And so, you know, to... to sort of relitigate the Colin Kaepernick quality discussion. I mean, I mean, you remember the discussion and the way it had been. It had been, oh, you're telling me that, you know, Colin's not better than insert whoever, you know, was was getting jobs like Blake Bortles and, I mean, Brandon Whedon, you know, all throughout those, those years. I, it's much easier, not that it wasn't already easy, it's much easier to say you're telling me that Brian Flores is not a better head coach than whoever, than Mike McDaniel, than Kellen Moore. Like, you're telling me that he's not already more qualified to be a head coach of a team than any of these people. I think also you look at Houston. I mean, Brian, if, if you're the Texans and – and again, this is specific to them. If your goal is to retain Deshaun Watson, he has literally said, "This is the dude I want." So how do you, you know, how do you thumb your nose at that? And so, I think this, in that way, has the potential to go a little bit further distance. I also think he has, you know, we often see, and unfortunately, we have a lot of experience with NFL controversies, but we often see information come to light through the process of discovery uh, or whatever the proper term is. I'm not a lawyer, but. Um, Th- those things generally come well those th- thank you thank you uh lawyer Guerrero over here if we were a lawyer tandem we'd be awesome by the way um you, Guerrero, you would be the 
you'd be the bad cop and I'd be the good cop. And I'd be like, hey, look, he doesn't mean it. You know, he's, he's just trying to do his job anyway. But, um, but we often find out information through the, through the process of those, you know, about owners or coaches or whatever the case may be. We're starting this with information. You know what I mean? Like on, on day one, we've got screenshots and we've got, you know, all sorts of names connected to it. Like we're so much further advanced with, with regards to this particular controversy than we are past controversies. I don't know if any of what I just said and rambled upon makes sense. <laughs> no, we've got the, the screenshots of the text from Bill Belichick, which, by the way, I mean – his text messages are going to be in discovery. They're going to want to see every text message Bill Belichick has sent this entire hiring cycle, if not earlier. They're if you to... ever work for the Patriots, your phone is going to be uh, perused by the NFL. Basically. They're going to want to talk to Bill <laughs> Belichick, interview him under oath. Like they, There could be a ton of stuff that comes up, and I think you're going to see the NFL go hard after Brian Flores. They are going to try and dig up any dirt on Brian Flores to attack his character that they can. He, you know, he didn't rewind his videotapes in 1998. He stole a bike when he was 12 years old. Like any possible way that they can spin this and spin him to look disagreeable and, you know, cantankerous and insubordinate. That's currently what they are doing right They've now. They've already like, done that. Like, if, you know, that's been the process of, of right. Is, is he's difficult to work with. You know, that, that they were already kind of setting that PR campaign up, you know, even in the time that he's been dismissed by the Dolphins to now. And I mean, believe me, and I, I don't want to make this about th- about something else, but, you know, I, I could tell you from personal experience, in case anybody hasn't had a story like that involve their team, when Ezekiel Elliott fought the NFL, I mean, they dug everything on him i mean it got personal and and like personal conversations that he had with friends um and acquaintances and you know things i mean like those things had to be said in public in in courtrooms i mean and you know he was 22 year old kid at the time i mean it 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 will get very awkward i do think an important factor to this and we will we will see and i don't want to get away from the brian floors of it all but the the team he attacked and, and I, I, I hate to use the word attack because that makes it sound like he's coming from left Accused. field. The, yeah, yeah, the team he's accusing, he's involving here is, um, I heard the Around the NFL podcast put it this way, is one of the Tiffany brands of the NFL. He didn't go after the Miami Dolphins. It was the New York Giants. Come on, Bear. I know it's exciting stuff, but no, you're right. The, they're one of the Blue Bloods, right? They I mean, one- they, John Mara is, is what, maybe the most loyal owner to Roger Goodell? Who would be more loyal? Maybe Jerry Jones. Although Jerry kind of tried no, to get him like out a little bit. Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, while I think they support the cause and support the shield, they they will still call it fight for their own or, or call it take up their own cause. But they they will not. John Mara is the is the ultimate teacher's pet in that sense. He he will do what is good. He is if there is a representative, he, he is um. He is the, the prefect. You know, like in Harry Potter, the prefects that were like the student leaders or whatever. That's who John Mara is. <laughs> I don't know that he would appreciate that comparison. But, uh, yeah. Um, the other aspect of this story that I don't think is getting enough attention is, and I know it's not the most important thing by far, but there was a quarterback that was willing to meet Stephen Ross on his boat and tamper with an NFL head coach. We don't know who it was. Maybe it was Brady. Maybe it was Deshaun Watson. Whoever it was, somebody was willing to do it because Brian Flores got on that boat and Stephen Ross said, hey, guess who's about to stop by? And then Flores hightailed it out of there. But there is a quarterback that was willing to tamper. Right? I think that's a like 
that deserves criticism too. I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to brush that under the rug. I think you're right. And I think, and, and to be very clear, I'm not saying this in, in a way that is, there's a dog and a baby in the background in my house. It's been a chaotic week for podcasts <laughs> that, that I've been involved. Uh, but um, life as a, as a new father is very, very um, interesting. Thankfully, I have uh, dad friends like Stats to, to help me out. But, uh, and, and I have great, we all have great listeners that are appreciative. I, I do want to say I told you the stats that I, I'm sincerely appreciative of all listeners for putting up with the baby and the dog. Uh, it does mean a lot to me. But um, but so uh, my, my point that I was getting at is, again, not that the Flores is wrong for this, but like my take on that or is on that, that that happens, right? Like this this happens all the time, right? Like we all have these things like, oh, that definitely happens all the time. Whatever, but like, and I think Flores... And I don't mean to say that he was wrong for this, but I think he broke their code by, you know, by acknowledging that. Like, they're probably like, dude, come on. You know, like, we, we're we all meeting with, you know, guys under contract, whatever, like, relax or whatever. But oh, I mean, there's a the lot le- of that. Yep. Right. But by by the letter of the law, it's 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 incorrect. It's 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 illegal in the, you know, the kangaroo court of the NFL that they love to police and, and operate at their own free will. And so I do think that that is, you know, obviously very common. I would just imagine it was not the only, you know, conversation to happen on a boat or a yacht or whatever. Um you know, uh, the SS Minnow Johnson, shout out to Rush Hour too. Uh, but um, I mean, so I, I think that they're probably upset, you know, because they're like, dude, you know, you you have abided by these rules and laws or whatever that, that we have all self-governed and now you're outing us for them. But I mean, he's doing it obviously for an important cause. And so um, I don't I don't fault Brian Flores for it in any way. But I do think that that's um, something that that has probably been happening since the beginning of time. Well, I'm pretty sure Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay were tampering in Cabo last year because they did, and everybody knows it, and they freely admitted it. And, oh, by the way, in the 1st of March is the combine. There's going to be so much tampering. The Jimmy Garoppolo trade is probably going to be worked out in March. Like, trust me, there is a massive amount of tampering that goes on around the combine. Uh, So, And I do agree that that stuff does happen all the time. I just – it struck me as everybody was like, oh, good for Brian Flores for walking away. It's like, yes, that's true. But who is this this other quarterback that was willing to break the rules? I just wanted to know. All I right. do want to – I have one more thing on this to – and again, so not I. the most important detail here. There are levels of morality and legality that are involved here that far supersede the football of everything. But, you know, we're, we're examining every single tentacle. And we're not even touching on all of them, um, but to your point. But so – uh, among the allegations is obviously the, I wouldn't say the fixing of games, but the throwing of games um, to the point that, you know, the idea was for the Dolphins to throw more games than they ultimately did. And I think the more interesting season to look at is the 2019 season, because that was the tank for two a year, right? You know, the the 2020 and 2021 seasons were a little bit different, uh, but, the, but the beginning of the whole, like, the Dolphins are tanking thing was that, that very first year with Brian Flores in 2019. One of their wins has been... I wouldn't say highly celebrated, but has had an incredibly important domino effect, if you really think about it. Think back to that Week 17 game that the Miami Dolphins played on the road in Foxborough. Remember, that's the great Kevin Harlan um, call where he's calling both games simultaneously <laughs> and, and, and noting that the Patriots have lost to Ryan Fitzpatrick's Miami Dolphins, which opened the door for the Kansas City Chiefs to be the number one seed in the AFC. What if Brian Flores, you know, so to speak, falls in line, you know, initiates or, or, you know, takes into action the code red? You know, he throws that game. The Patriots have the one seed 
and the, the Chiefs don't. Maybe the Chiefs don't make it to the Super Bowl. Maybe your 49ers have a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl, if Brian Flores does not, you know, act off of his own free will. That that's the trouble is that the the scrutiny is going to come now on every game. I think people are going to look at some of the old Hugh Jackson games too because he's basically admitted that that Jimmy Haslam offered him a similar deal. Uh, all that stuff's going to get the stink eye for sure. And you know the bigger issue that Mike Florio has talked about and others is could this whole thing have been avoided if the NFL had a different system for rewarding the number one draft pick? Could this just have not been a problem if there was a lottery system or some other mechanism to determine how college players come into the NFL? And so my question to you is, do you think that the result of this will be that maybe they're, they do institute a lottery? Or my preference, because I don't think a lottery stops tanking at all. Clearly, we've seen it doesn't in the NBA. Could the draft go away? Like, do you think there are going to be systemic changes to the NFL as a result of this? I think the draft is way too important for the NFL's relevance in the offseason. You know, I mean, think about this is the week of the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl and, you know, the Combine. Obviously, the Combine has, has been adjusted and uh, tinkered with and it might be on the move. In the com- That's the, th- the Combine offers now another floating event for the NFL, you know, uh, another opportunity to go to multiple NFL cities and set up camp and, you know, sell merchandise, sell tickets, whatever. So I don't think so. Um, I think that if anything, I think the development is, is, you know, the NFL, maybe there is some sort of draft pick, a penalty that the Dolphins have to endure. And there, that's the defined, you know, now like price. If, if you're caught tanking, you forfeit, you know, first round pick, second round pick, whatever the case may be, depending on the level of severity. I, I don't, I I think what you're saying would be the NFL properly reacting. And I don't think they will. Like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, why, why should we have any faith in them, you know, doing that? I mean, they, they really don't. And I think, you know, the, the NFL, and that, that's where, like, we've been talking about the football. Level. I know your question was about the draft, but, but to get back to, to Brian Flores' accusations involving race, we, we all have, and that, my takeaway here in the last few days has been, we all have known that the Rooney rule is a sham. And it did it, it did begin with, with I, I believe, pure and, and good intentions. Um, but, it, I mean it's and I'll use the Cowboys as an example their last coaching hire or last coaching cycle that they had they interviewed Marvin Lewis satisfying the Rooney rule and then hired Mike McCarthy after they interviewed him so you know but and and a lot of people obviously rightly said look you just interviewed Marvin Lewis to satisfy the Rooney rule and while that you know might you know and obviously was true they they could have defended themselves and said look we we believed in Marvin Lewis we we totally we interviewed him with with good intentions pure intentions we interviewed him in in all actuality and so that's always been the case like it's always been an obvious sham but not something that you could undeniably and unequivocally prove and right. that's that's what is so important about the Bill Belichick text message is that they can unequivocally prove that Brian Flores was being interviewed purely to satisfy the Rudy rule. And that's what I don't think in, in all of the, the history of this, I don't know that, that, that I don't want to call it smoking gun, but I don't know that that has existed before. That's the biggest leverage for sure. But, and I am not a lawyer by any stretch of the imagination, but if I was going to pretend to be one after staying at a holiday Inn express, here's what I would say to that. Bill Belichick is not a member of the New York Giants organization. Oh, Bill sure. Belichick is not in our building. Bill Belichick doesn't have any idea what we're doing with our interviews, how serious we're taking our interviews, and what decisions we have made or have not made. So the idea that Bill Belichick thinks he knows something is great, but that doesn't prove anything 
that's you know so the, the Belichick texts help, but it it can also be I think discredited a little bit, kind of. Well, easily. then this is the closest we have ever come. Would you yes. agree with that? To hundred percent, like outright proving that that in this case Brian Flores was being interviewed purely for the purposes of checking off the box, and it's disgusting. And this is my last point on this, and I'm amazed that like people don't realize this and maybe just the the bias and the racism is like so blinding that they don't even think about this what have we heard from so many different black coaches and minority coaches hey there are a ton of really good qualified coaches out there that no one is looking at if you are an owner and you have even the slightest inkling of wanting to win there are people literally telling you there are talented, incredible coaches that no one else is going after that are just waiting for you to give them your money. Go hire them and then kick everybody's ass. Like, I'm amazed that there that no one has taken advantage of this market inefficiency. You know, I think Stephen Ross would defend himself, say that he was willing to give money away. $100,000 <laughs> per loss. Uh, it's not <laughs> that much, by the way. Like, if you want someone to totally throw their integrity in the toilet and you're a billionaire... You got to offer him like more than a hundred. What's that? 1.6 million for this season. If he lost every game, like give me a break. I'm so fascinated with like, what's the like, and I'm, I'm not an accountant either, but like, what's the, the tax situation there? Like if, <laughs> if like Brian, like, where does that money come from? Like, is it, is it just a check? Like, th- does it go in Brian Flores's direct deposit when he's the head coach of the dolphins? Like, it's probably you know, just like, a briefcase, right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, how does that work? Like, you know, I, I, cause I would assume, I mean, I really don't know, but I would assume that they're like, whatever his salary is, is like on some sort of book. And if he's getting a hundred extra grand a week, you know what I mean? Like, how is this, you know, really, truly evolving? I'm so that's why um, it's called crime, RJ. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't know stats because I don't I don't commit any. Um, oh, you yeah. don't. You've never sped. You never. never jaywalked. Uh, I actually totally don't know the meaning of jaywalking. Like, I avoid using that as a reference in anything because I, I don't you know, don't know what jaywalking. Means. No, I know what RJ walking is, but I don't know what jaywalking is. It's when you cross the street and you're not in a crosswalk. Um. I mean, that's a dumb, that's a dumb rule. How can you be on this planet for as long as you've existed and not know what jaywalking means? Because I don't, like, it would never enter the realm of my mind to walk across the street anywhere but the crosswalk. So I, I've never had to even consider the possibilities of that. So You're you know, a lying liar. You've I've never ne- jaywalked. No, why would I? Why would I do that? Why I want the I want the exercise. I have an Apple Watch. I want to meet the you know the step requirements of the day by going up to the crosswalk. That I do not buy it at all, shape, form, or fashion. You are a lying liar, and you sit on a throne of lies. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we have to drag a couple franchises in the NFL. There's probably a lot that deserve it, but we're going to focus on two: the Washington Commanders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the look ahead. I almost said the off-day debrief. It's not the off-day debrief. It's Don't Thursday. Don't you ever put me in the same breath as those <laughs> bandwagon losers. Justin Herbert, so awesome. Joe Burrow, so Don't awesome. Don't you uh, host a show with Brandon Lee Gowden, the co-host of the off-day debrief? Yeah, and in, in a different circumstance, he's uh-huh. a great you know podcaster. But the uh-huh. off-day debrief is full of such cowardly bandwagon fans. Oh, Seriously, give me a break. Me. So we've got I a new I love the flavor of the week. Like, apparently you can't say that Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. Well, let's move on. We've got a new franchise. The Washington Commanders announced it officially, even though everyone in the world knew their name was going to be the Washington Commanders because <laughs> they they had the name in the window where people could see it. And Joe Theismann was using the name in interviews. And as usual, that franchise, whether you want to call them the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders, whatever, they can't do a single thing right, RJ. I am personally affected by this. Let's be honest. Um and you mentioned Brandon Lee Gotten. Now, you know, the NFC East mixtape covers the Commanders, you know, a show that you can hear on the Block and the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogs Haven, and Big Blue View Podcast Networks. Maybe what some people are calling stats the most unique show that SB Nation offers. Just some people are saying that. Not me, just some people. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so um, this is so stupid. Do you, know, <laughs> do, do you know how silly I feel typing the word Commanders out? I feel, and let me be very clear. At one point in time, uh, my wife and I lived in San Antonio. I know you knew that. I know some listeners knew that. Uh, we met there, fell in love, you know, got married. Woo! But um, you know, now we, we've moved. But when I was living in San Antonio, I was doing some radio work again. I know you know that. And I was working for 1250 ESPN San Antonio, and we were the home of the San Antonio Commanders, the Alliance of American Football League. So you're talking to the guy who hosted the pre and post game show for Ooh. a Commanders football team. All right, baby. Um, so they are the only Commanders that I recognize. And, and here's the thing, like, there's no name that's never been used at this point, right? There's, there's no name, but you cannot go and take a name that was used professionally like three years ago. Like, it's, it's, too, it's too recent. Like, you cannot do that. It's super lame. And the rollout for this is so lame. I, I have made fun of a lot of this already on Twitter. Something I didn't even touch on. Dude, why were they wearing varsity jackets? Like, remember how we dragged the Texans for their, their Letterman jackets? They were all, like, all the Washington brass in their, like, public events wearing these. And I realized it was cold. But, I mean, why are you wearing Letterman jackets? It's so lame to me. The, I, I don't even know what is the lamest part. I really don't. And I, I told you this, and I hadn't even noticed this for a little bit. But so they have, a, like, a crest. Is that how you would do, you know, like an emblem, maybe? Yeah. Um a patch which is cool i i actually kind of like that i liked the original ravens um kind of crest that they had before it became just the the bird but um and it's fine it it offers room for you know some some historical noting and things like that very very soccer-ish to do that but at the bottom stats they underneath they have the five years that they have won championships as a as a professional football team and the first two years predate the super bowl era fine but the three years that they put that that franchise has won the super bowl 
to be very clear here, whatever team wins the Super Bowl next week will be referred to as the 2021 version of that team. The 2021 Cincinnati Bengals are Super Bowl champions, to be very clear, and also speaking that into existence, all right? Not the 2022. Whatever NBA team wins the title this year, that's the 2022 champion. Whatever baseball team wins the World Series this fall, that's the 2022 champion. But this, the way the NFL works and has always worked is the 2021 team. The Washington football team won the Super Bowl stats in 1982, 87, and 91. They put 83, 88, and 92 on their emblem despite the fact that that their Super Bowl rings literally have the other years on them. It's pathetic. The 1992 Super Bowl champion is the Dallas Cowboys. Like That's that, right. If you just go... Look, I, the 49ers, their last Super Bowl came in 1994 because that's when the season started. It doesn't matter that the playoffs finished after the calendar turns. Like, it's it's established. We know this. It's not very difficult. And the fact that they couldn't even get that right. Like, simple thing. They had years, years to come up with this, and that's the best they can do, right? Those are the best ideas they had. It blows my mind. The jerseys are out. The jerseys are terrible. Oh, dude. They're the so bad. Even Chase Young was asked about the team name a year ago, and he was like, he gave it an F when he had to grade it A to F. They were going through potential team names, and that came up, and Chase Young was like, mm, F. None of this is good. Dude, I mean, it's – and I, 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 I'm not going to pretend – the theme of today's show stats that we're not lawyers, but I'm not going to pretend to know the legality involved of, of acquiring a name and using a name. I realize there are challenges there, and I realize a lot of people are upset that it wasn't Red Wolves or Red Tails, and maybe there were copyrights on those things. But you know what? You are a billionaire, Dan Snyder. That's, you know what you do? You buy it off. You pay it off because that's what you do. You pay things off if you're Dan Snyder. You're very, very used to that. I mean, like so- – It was never going to be Red Tails. It was never going to be Red Tails because that would be an acknowledgement that their old team name was a racist slur. And so Dan Snyder was never going to do that because he had staked out his position that he was going to live and die, that there was nothing wrong with that team name. So it was never going to be Red Tails because he would never admit he was wrong. The Red Wolves would have been awesome. I, it had to have – it had to start with an R, I think. It had, it had to – and maybe even start with red. Just like I, I actually really like the – and I know you know the old logo they have with the kind of like cursive ER, just like the R that's on the helmet. Yeah, I really, cool. I, I really like that. And so you could have used that. You, you know what I mean? Like you, like they talk about how this is a nod to history. Like this is so lame. I, I mean, this the last year has, I think, been not great for Ron Rivera. Um, not that like anybody thinks poorly of him, but it has really hurt the idea that like he's taking them in a successful direction on the football field. And it, I think this last year dude has been really really bad for jason wright um and and he might i'm not saying he's not qualified for that job but he has really botched a lot of these public things he really 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 botched the sean taylor jersey retirement that they had he's really botched this and they're like fake trying like like hype of it all like let's go commanders like it's just i i i I tweeted this out too but like stats if we were if we were on that team and we were like in the huddle and we were down by four or we were up by four we had to protect a lead and we're on the field and you're you're our defensive captain and you're like you're like trying to jack us up you're like okay guys we're the commanders i would burst out laughing like i i just (laughs) I, i wouldn't be able to take you seriously I mean, it is so unbelievably lame. The like, I think the that point that hammers it home for me is there are people on Twitter or online that just like for fun can design better uniforms than than this. I mean, these are disgusting. They're, They're awful. <laughs> They're There's gross. nothing more lame in sports than 
when a team comes out with a, either a new team or a new logo and they try to explain why their logo is deep and meaningful. Well, this color symbolizes the pride and the strength of it. No, <laughs> just the, say you like the way the colors look. It's a the, color. The only one of those that is kind of cool is uh, don't the Seahawks have like 12 like wings or something like that represent the 12th man. Like that's kind of cool. Like, you know, like that, that's a very unique. man. That's not even a unique slogan that they have to lease from. Believe, believe me, I, as a, as a fight in Texas, Aggie, I know that well, but yeah, like my right. point is, I, I mean, that's all I'm saying. There are unique things that work. I do think there's an important sub plot to this that is not being acknowledged though. Um, although it is something that was known to be fair, but uh, a year ago, your guy, Mike Florio, who I know you're speaking to soon uh, in real time, but you know, it will be a different time for the podcast audience. So spoiler alert there. But um, but a year ago, he reported that the NFL was going to allow alternate helmets beginning in 2022. Obviously, they haven't allowed it for 10 years now. Uh, one of Washington's uniforms is an all-black kind of military uh, getup, and they have a black helmet, which is different than the standard uh, burgundy one, which proves that there will be alternate helmets used this coming season in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys have a white throwback helmet that they might obviously awesome. wear again. We'll see the 49ers going to rock the red helmet, like or the, or the silver helmet, excuse me. It's not red. Silver, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that, that that was a rumor that they were going to have uh, the silver helmet. So we'll see that that could be a cool aspect of it. But it's just it's just a pathetic. They're just they can't do a thing. If you're a Washington fan right now, like what hope is there for you? You can't do anything right. I saw a Reddit thread on this um, on the Washington subreddit. And I'll ask you stats. If you were a Washington fan, you've been put through a lot at this point is like. Uh, let me let me change the question up. If we knew a Washington fan and they they came in today and they said, you know what, I'm just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. Like I'm gonna find a new team. But we <laughs> I think we can support that. Like, and I'm not saying like this is an equal straw, like or straw of take, you know, to other things that have happened to that organization. But I I, I totally get if you were already like super let down if you have if you have put up with them this long this this was you know this was kind of all you had to look forward to and for them to let you down this way i totally will sign off on fan code of conduct if any washington fan wants to leave their team you know i go back and forth on this because there is part of me that's like one you you got to stick through your team in in tough times but also there's another part of me is like why like that's kind of a you know, masochistic way to go about life yeah it favors the owners right like that's what the owners would want no you have to support us no matter what because they want the money to keep coming in but you know maybe we should change up that fan code of conduct to where if your team is bad and they're not you know they're or they're doing things like the washington franchise was doing and things that you don't agree with and support you should be able to support another another team make them have to earn it man yeah, maybe that's an off-season podcast we do. Stats is like, if if you had to pick a new team today, who like what's the acceptable top ten? You know? I already have a whole rubric for. Well, we do. I do have one more question for you, Stats, on the subject of fan code of conduct. While we right. continue this jambalaya, if you're okay with that, yeah, fine. Go ahead. You you're gonna throw a fit? You sure? You okay? All right. How about you just ask it? So our friends over at Pride of Detroit, SB Nation's home for Detroit Lions content, have. Um, a bit of a, a divisive culture right now. Um, they do fantastic things um, at Pride of Detroit. They have one of the best podcasts, the literal podcast, Pride of Detroit, by the way. Um, but they are 
they are undecided as a collective how to feel about Matthew Stafford being in the Super Bowl. Obviously, Matthew Stafford has spent a majority of career of his career with the Lions, so there is a sector of Lions fans, section of Lions fans, that are rooting for him, that are sort of living, you know, vicariously through him and and wanting to see that payoff, wanting to see him get his because of everything that he gave to them. There is another section of fans that are saying, that's stupid. I don't care about that. Like, you know, you're not a real Lions fan if you're rooting for something other than the Lions to have success. Uh, this is a unique situation. What I will say is I'm very, very, very grateful that I did not have to go through this with Tony Romo. What I, If Tony Romo had gone, if you remember, he was connected to the Broncos and the Texans in 2017, when, when the Cowboys moved on, if he had gone to Denver and gone to the Super Bowl, I would have it would have been really annoying. First of all, <laughs> it would have been really annoying. But I would I would have had a lot of emotional conflict. I mean, Demarcus Ware did go to the Broncos, and I had a lot of emotional conflict with that. So, uh, what's your take here, stats? I don't like one fan telling another fan you're not a real fan, and maybe it's just because I've had a bunch of Niners fans accusing me of the same thing because I criticized Jimmy Garoppolo like fan well, that's why is- that's why hang on that's why I asked you this question because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be in the Super Bowl next year for a different team so I wanted to yeah, set you right. up so you know how to feel fandom does not require <laughs> blind loyalty that's not a prerequisite in fact I love my team so much I'm calling out these criticisms because I want them to be addressed I want the team to be better so there that's part of it I would say I get why part of Lions fans would not want Matthew Stafford to have success because every like notch in his belt that he earns after leaving is sort of a damnation and a criticism of your team, right? Like Matthew Stafford's the same guy he always was. And all of a sudden, the, the second he gets out of Detroit, he's immediately in the Super Bowl. That's a knock on Detroit because clearly, it you know, it, it throws into relief the fact that they were the thing that was holding him back and not the other way around. Um Matthew Stafford, you know, it had been it would be different if this was like a Brett Favre situation where like at the end of his time with the Packers, it got it got ugly, you know, like mm-hmm. there was animosity there. But Matthew Stafford always played hard for the Lions. He played hurt. There's that famous NFL films clip where he wins the game with a separated shoulder. Like he gave his all for that team. I don't think you could ask anything more of Matthew Stafford in the Lions uniform. So I don't see any reason why you would be rooting against him. But I could also understand if you're like, hey, he's not on my team anymore. I just don't care what he does. Yeah, I think both options are fine. Like, it's, and that's kind of like where I fall. Like, do what you want to do. Like, however you sleep better at night. You did inspire a different question. Well, who was the, like, most pure quarterback in NFC North history that, like, was all devoted to their one team? Because it's not Brett Favre. It's not, not Matthew Stafford. It might not be Aaron Rodgers very soon. Like, who's the guy in, in NFC North history that stuck with that one team through the entire course of his career. I realize Brett Favre played for two NFC North teams, but it's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to come up with one answer. That just goes to show that outside of the Packers, the quarterbacks in that division for a long time have not been very good. Well, and they haven't been homegrown. You know what I mean? Like, Because there hasn't been one guy that has started and played his entire career with one team that has yeah, been, been bad. It's been like Joey Harrington's and right. I'm, but I'll, that's what I'm saying. Like, at, like the Packers, well, they didn't even draft Aaron Rodgers or, or Brett Favre to that point. I mean, so True. yeah, it's kind of a weird division when you think about it. it. Doesn't have like a like a Troy Aikman, you know what I mean, or you know whatever. I mean, yeah, Troy's Troy's perfect. Really, is the takeaway here. Yeah, I knew you would find a way to circle back to that. Uh, last thing we want to get to since we're dragging people today on the show. 
you have a particular issue with the Jacksonville Jaguars and their coaching search and how they may have screwed it up and essentially boxed themselves out of somebody that they might have wanted to hire. So Wednesday night, as I was running errands that my wife sent me on, uh, it was reported that um, the Minnesota Vikings, speaking of the NFC North, are set to hire Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. Now, they cannot technically hire him until his season is over, and obviously the Rams are in the Super Bowl, uh, but it seems like that is going to happen. The Jacksonville Jaguar stats wanted to interview Kevin O'Connell, uh, but didn't put in a request in time. And because he is still in the playoffs, they now no longer can interview him until his season is over, which is obviously after the Super Bowl. So if we're to assume that, you know, Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings don't Josh McDaniels the situation in Indianapolis, if they follow through <laughs> with, with their words on one another and he becomes the Vikings head coach, he never will ultimately get to even interview with the Jaguars and will get a different job instead. That is pathetic if you're a Jaguars fan, that your team didn't even get to, and that's not saying like Kevin O'Connell's the answer, Kevin O'Connell's going to turn your franchise around, whatever, but like if, if you're truly going to look under every rock, you cannot forget to look under a rock and say that you looked and tried to look under every single rock, if that makes sense. It's hard to to sell people on the idea that you can conduct a successful coaching search and hire the right guy when you can't even get the actual coaching search process correct, right? Like, how am I going to have faith that you your process is going to lead to a good result when you don't even know how the process works? I, I also think I've, I've been thinking about this for a few days now. How out are people on Trevor Lawrence, like like NFL coaches that, that like nobody's like lining up for this? And you would think you would think that the, the success of Joe Burrow and the Bengals would would kind of inspire you if you were somebody who was interested in Trevor Lawrence. You, because you would you would look and say, look, they were so bad, they got the one dude who was unquestionably talented, and look at them now. It was a rapid turnaround. That could be me. That could be me and Trevor together. But that's not happening. I mean, and Trevor, as a prospect, Trevor Lawrence was regarded much more highly than even Joe Burrow. I mean, which, which speaks to how highly Trevor Lawrence truly was regarded. And so I, I just... I, this is a rough go if you're a Jaguars fan. Like, I like, are they going to be the the Dolph, the Dolphins aside? Are the Jaguars going to be the last team to hire a coach? Probably. I mean, here's the thing: is that like, we don't even know who their GM is going to be. There was that report that Trent Baalke was going to be fired, and that Byron Leftwich was going to come in with with another executive from the Arizona Cardinals, and they were going to take over, and that hasn't happened yet. Now there's discussions about Rick Spielman possibly being in a front office position, but he's not the GM because Trent Baalke is still there. Like there is so much muck to get through that if you are Trevor Lawrence, like for him to come out and play well, I feel like would be kind of like a rose growing through concrete. Like he's going to have to overcome and succeed in spite of all that crap. And that is not fair to Trevor Lawrence. All he did was go out and be one of the best college prospects we've seen in recent history. And the fact that his career could be torpedoed by the utter and complete incompetence by a team that he had no choice, but to go to that's bull crap. And he should be mad about it. And if I were him, I would look to get out of town any way possible. I just, I mean, theoretically, Trevor Lawrence is an incredible, you know, slab of, of mar or like concrete marble slab to work with, right? Like for, for the right, you know, artist, you know, still waiting to be molded. So you have that. You have the number one overall pick. You know, like this isn't the situation with the Browns a few years ago where they had the back-to-back number one overall pick, but they got the quarterback second. You already have, like, you don't need the quarterback with this number one overall pick. And so, like, you don't even have to take a player. Like, you could, you could trade back. You know what I mean? Like, you could pick up an army of, of capital. And so, I just, I, it's kind of amazing to me that, you know, like the, 
the Bears job, they don't even have a first round pick. And, and, and like they have already gotten, you know, their head coach in, in, in tow when the Jaguars are struggling this much. It's, you know, it's it it's really sad. I There are different franchises. There, there are three franchises that are pathetic for their own unique reasons right now in very pathetic ways. The Miami Dolphins, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans. Nobody else is on that level. Oh, the Washington Commanders. Sorry, the Washington Commanders. Yeah, so four. Look, I just I don't recognize that as an NFL name. That's why it slipped my mind. So, uh, I used to work with Dan Katz at NBC, and he had one of the best lines of all time: "Dysfunctional organizations do dysfunctional things," and it's totally true. Like, there's a reason that these teams have been bad for so long. It's not an accident. Like that guy that was ranting about the Cleveland Browns said. It's harder to be bad for this long than it is to accidentally, occasionally be good. And the Jags are just in this funk right now, and there is no bottom to losing. There is no limit. There is no bottom to bad decisions that you can make. And I know this because I root for the Seattle Mariners, the single worst baseball franchise of all time, the only team that has never, ever, 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 ever made a single World Series appearance. So trust me, there's no bottom to losing. Yeah, well, you know, the Jaguars of the last 10 years have been a case in complete and utter dysfunction, and yet they, even they, somehow stumbled their way to a conference championship game, which has evaded the Dallas Cowboys for over a quarter century now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's, 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 a weird, it's a weird life, RJ, but you'll get there eventually, as soon as you fire Mike McCarthy and hire Sean Payton. Don't worry. That's happening. Like, can we just agree that that's happening? If you had to bet a significant amount of money that mattered to you right now, if I said, will Sean Payton be the head coach of the Cowboys in the next three years? Of course I would bet that. But, like, that upsets me. You know what I mean? Because it upsets me to think about, like, we're just wasting the next year of life. That's that, exactly that's all, what that's, you're doing. Like, it, it, it feels like, and this was never me, to be very clear, but it feels like when you fail a class in college, you feel like I just threw away all that money. Like, <laughs> like I, I literally just threw all of that away, like because I have to retake this course again. I don't know that from personal experience, but you know what I mean? Like I like that. This was li- like literally a complete and total waste of time, effort and money. And that's what the next it, it feels like we're entering that, you know, trek with the Cowboys this season. Like they're going to they're going to go to Oxnard for camp and, and, you know, we're going to see the same old thing and then they're going to have their preseason games and they're going to do their interviews throughout them with baseball caps on and chewing sunflower seeds and then they'll be good in September and then we'll all be lured in and then they'll have a rough loss to an embarrassing opponent and then they'll stumble <laughs> and they'll be up and down and then they'll hit October and it'll be, you know, they'll have a big time prime time win where everybody's talking about them on the morning talk shows and then November will hit and then they'll lose on Thanksgiving and that will create the long short week what happens when they play on the thursday after they'll win the thursday after they'll lose the next game when they get the mini buy and they'll go up and down all throughout december they'll miss the playoffs at 10 and 7 and then jerry jones will do his end of season interview and say i'm so pissed off i i want to win more than anybody else and i'm going to do everything we can to win and blah 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 and we'll be right back where we started you've been here before haven't you i live here stats i live here (laughs) what do i always say rj what must be done eventually must be done immediately. I've it is literally so, never heard you say this once. So, so I, I have said it many, many times. It is so ridiculous and dumb for Jerry Jones to go. Now, if Sean Payton doesn't want to flat out, like he asked Sean Payton and Sean Payton says, no, I need a year away. That's different. But I get the feeling that Sean Payton would love to coach the Dallas Cowboys. It almost happened before. 
Uh, see, like, I, I already disagree. Like, I get what you're saying, and your point has validity to it, but, like, you have no idea what the world will look like a year from now. You have none. You have no clue what, and, like, what the NFL world will look like. Have, are, are you How Am I Your Mother fan? Nope. Never seen it. Okay, so there's a, uh, an episode of the show. You know what the show is, though, like the premise of the yes. show, a guy looking for love. So there's there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother where Ted, the main character, uh, there's a girl that he has wanted to date like since college. And uh, there's a mysterious effect, because it's a sitcom, to where anytime this, this woman becomes single when she breaks up with somebody, like the first guy she meets, in whatever way that happens, they fall in love. And she dates that dude for like, you know, years at a time. So he's always like on alert, like, man, th- the moment she breaks up, I have to be the first guy guy she sees so that could be me next time so he like he he pays her neighbor to like you know let her know like the window is open and so you know okay fine so the the whole episode is about ted the main character racing to get to the girl so he can like start his window it doesn't happen whatever but my point is like that's what jerry jones's plan is is the future right like and that's so irresponsible like this blg and i've talked about this on the mixtape but like what if like if we're if we're pontificating what if andy reed retires next year you know, what What if Andy Reid retires and, and the Chiefs job is available? And and so you're Sean Payton. Like, are you going to go to Dallas because you've wanted to go for 20 years? Or are you going to go coach Patrick Mahomes? You know, Sean Payton will be 59 next year. Like, you can go coach Patrick Mahomes for a decade in, in Kansas City. Why would you go sign up to coach the Cowboys for because, because everybody wants you to? That's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, you have no idea what jobs will be available. What, you know, maybe Sean... I don't know, maybe, maybe like he develops a disdain for living in Dallas over the course of the next year. You know, like anything could happen. And so like banking on that is so dumb to me. Which is why they need to get rid of the marshmallow they have coaching the team now and hire Sean Payton if that's what they want to do. Anyway, we got a long, long way to go before we have to worry about that, RJ. But I want to thank you for your service today. I, I know that last bit of the show was probably particularly difficult for you, but we got through it. I'm here if you need to talk about things. I got to understand the frustration that you're going through. Uh, We remind everybody, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you have gotten any second of enjoyment out of any of the shows that we do, please pay us back with a rating and a review. We really do appreciate it. It makes a big, big difference. RJ, we have a great week coming up. Super week. We have incredible guests lined up. I'm going to get to interview Russell Wilson, which is going to be miserable and fun for me. Saquon Barkley. Dick Butkus is going to join us. We have a ton of guests that we are going to bring to you. So it's going to be the perfect time to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Yeah, uh, we've already got some interviews that are like starting to really fall into place. Mark Sanchez, you didn't even mention. I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, you know, how could you not put Mark Sanchez in the same company as Russell Wilson? Like, you know, both were number three at one point in their Somehow career. it slipped my mind. You know, I just uh, didn't think of Mark Sanchez immediately after that. You know, that's 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 a mistake by you. Uh, but very excited for another superb owl week. Uh, very excited to um, you know figure things out and and how this game's going to go. Obviously, we'll have a lot of discussion about it next week. Very excited about the uniform matchup, and um, yeah, there's one game left. And oh, we didn't even talk about the stats, um, but, you know, because we had no games to pick this week. But our running um, wager system that we've had uh, since week 13, stats and I have been wagering on on games we disagree on, according to DraftKings Sportsbook and their odds. And we actually had the same picks last week's stats for the conference championship games. And we picked both of the losers. Uh, we, we both picked Kansas City and San Francisco, but there was no movement. And so we enter the final game of the year with me having a one game lead on you. So I am guaranteed a non loss um, in this competition. And you're, you're in some 
some tough water here. Now, we'll see uh, as I'm buying you time. Maybe you can look at DraftKings Sportsbook and see what their odds for the Super Bowl are at the moment. We'll obviously do our picks next Thursday. But um, I think, and I don't want to speak for you, Stats, if we tie – then maybe we both make a donation to charity. If you know, obviously, if I win, you know, those are the rules that you got to do it. But you know, because I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Have you have you found the odds yet at this moment in time? I bought you a lot of time. Cincinnati is getting four and a half points as of Thursday, February third. As of today, I might take that. I might take Cincinnati. I have a hard time getting out of my head, like, how are they going to protect Joe Burrow against that Rams defensive line? But at the same time, they've had that offensive line the whole season, and they're in the Super Bowl. So it's it clearly not it doesn't matter they if they can. can't. It doesn't matter if they can't protect him because Joe Burrow can shed Chris Jones. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, and like the, the, the bigger, like, how is is this happening not going to have a massive impact on the game thing to me is how is Sean McVay being a coward, not going to uh, have a negative a impact. Giant coward he did everything he could to bungle that nfc championship game but he got bailed out by the 49ers jimmy garoppolo and kyle shanahan all right everybody enjoy your last week thing, and- last thing stats last thing last hurry thing, last up thing. uh well i didn't get to tell you it's like how cool is it that chris collinsworth gets to call the Bengals in the super bowl that yeah, is super great. cool this just in an analyst gets to call a game of a team he used to play for enjoy the last, your day everybody. the last game he ever we'll played in was the super week. bowl whatever peace Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.